Chapter Twenty One of Handy Mandy and Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One The Hammer Elf Explains. Go ahead and explain, said Handy, closing her eyes and leaning back in her chair with all her hands hanging limply at her side. So Knox, a bit haughtily and tossing his head proudly from time to time, began at the beginning and told all that had happened since Handy Mandy had flown from Mount Mern. How the goat girl had found the magic in his horn, how they had traveled together from Carateria to the Silver Mountain, and there, in their search for the little king, discovered Watts's plot to make himself supreme wizard of Oz, and last of all he explained how handy with the help of the silver hammer had subdued the two wicked kings well it certainly was very kind of you to take all this trouble for us after you had already had so many worries of your own sighed ozma as knox finishing his story gazed round the room with lordly condescension yes wasn't it Handy opened her eyes and thoughtfully regarded the little ruler of Oz. Still, I'm glad now that we did save you. The goat girl's round, pleasant face was suddenly wreathed in smiles. I didn't think I was going to like you, but I do, she admitted cheerfully. I believe you're the best ruler Oz could have, and besides, you're pretty as a goat. As a goat? gasped the Wizard of Oz while Dorothy and the other girls had all they could do to keep from laughing right out loud. But Ozma, who was a very understanding little person, smiled kindly back at Handy Mandy. Goats are pretty, she agreed, nodding her head politely. And since you must miss your own goats very much, perhaps you would like me to send you back to Mount Mern after you've seen a bit of the capital. Oh, Handy wouldn't leave us, snorted the royal ox, moving as close to the goat girl as he could get. We couldn't get along without Handy Mandy, your majesty. Oh, please let her stay in Carateria, begged the little king, adding his voice to that of his royal ox. You will live with us in the palace, won't you, Handy? Well, if I just had my goats, considered the seven-armed maiden, Mount Mern would seem rather dull after Oz, she acknowledged pensively. But what about that old king who's still on Carrie's throne? And what am I to do with this silver hammer? And what do you suppose himself has done with Watts and Ruggedo? Yes, what's to be done with Watts? echoed the scarecrow, wrinkling up his cotton forehead. And now the little sitting-room began fairly to buzz with excited questions and suggestions, for there was still a lot to be explained and settled. The Ozites could hardly keep their eyes off the seven-armed goat-girl, the handsome young ruler of Carateria, and his royal ox. Dorothy longed to unscrew his horn and test its magic power for herself, but Ozma, anxious to repair all the damage done by the wicked wizard, now raised her scepter for silence. Clasping on the gnome king's belt, Ozma first brought back her magic picture, and with a quick wish 
returned Glinda's book of records to her castle in the south. Next, though she knew neither the extent nor the nature of the wizard's other thefts, she caused to be restored to their rightful owners all the magic appliances in the Silver King's den. The scarecrow had already reported the stupefied condition of the other occupants of the palace, so Ozma's next thought was to restore them to their accustomed selves. No sooner was the cowardly lion released than he crawled under a table, but the hungry tiger rushed out on the balcony, growling and lashing his tail as he thought of the indignity he had suffered. After a short conference with Handy Mandy, Ozma freed all the potted prisoners of the wicked wizard and made Nifflepok king of the Silver Mountain. She moved the cliff dwellings of the people to the outside of the mountain, so what's his pale subjects would enjoy with the rest of the Gillikins, the bright sunshine and beneficent climate of Oz. The magic mountain itself, with all its dark pits and jewel caverns, Ozma sealed up tightly and forever. The wizard's agents were turned to moles, for they were already more like these boring little animals than men. After each magic wish or transformation, the little group in the royal sitting-room would look at the magic picture, which Ozma had immediately repaired. And in each case, Handy felt that the ruler of Oz had used both wisdom and good judgment. Nox, as they were watching the wizard's agents turn to moles, gave a snort of surprise, for the first figure shown was old King Kerr, who was really number nine. As the wicked impostor changed quickly from a man to a mole and scurried off the throne and away to bury himself in the blue forest, Nox and Handy both heaved a sigh of relief and satisfaction. While Ozma was working on the magic safe, Handy, deciding to try a little of her own magic, softly tapped the silver hammer on the arm of her chair. At once, and to the delight and interest of everyone, himself the elf appeared astride the arm, holding a small cactus plant in each hand. I wish you, in the future, to obey the summons of Her Majesty Ozma of Oz, smiled the goat girl, placing the silver hammer as she spoke in Ozma's lap. This young fairy is more experienced in magic than I, and will know how to use the hammer to best advantage. Oh, all right, but I rather liked working for you, grinned himself, and say, I tried to turn these rascals to plants, but this was the best I could do. Setting the two pots of cactus down on a small writing desk, the hammer elf bowed first to Handy and then to Ozma. Wait, don't go, begged the little fairy, as himself showed unmistakable signs of disappearing. Do tell us about this silver hammer and who owned it first. It belonged to Wunchy, a witch of the West, who's lived in the Munchkin Mountains for about a thousand years, and used it to control as many of the Munchkin kings as she could, explained the dwarf, balancing himself cleverly on an inkwell. Then I suppose Wunchy was responsible for the prophecy in Keretaria, surmised Nox, blinking his eyes at the hammer elf. The dwarf nodded cheerfully. Yes, Wunchy invented that prophecy, 
he told them, and placed her own white oxen in the country. Each time she had trouble forcing the king to do as she wished, she tapped him and the ox on the head with her hammer. But I took rather a fancy to you, admitted himself, looking fondly at Knox. So when she ordered me to tap you off and traded little King Carey to Watts for a basket of jumping beans and put Watts's agent on the throne of Carateria, I decided to take a hand myself. So I gave you only a light tap, and at the same time I stored enough magic in your horns to help you find Carey. And with the help of this handy goat girl, you did find him, beamed the hammer elf. I knew my magic was good. You can't work for a witch without learning good magic. But now, since everything is turning out so splendidly, I'll go back to my tree stump. One, two, three, back to my tree. But what became of the witch? cried Ozma, catching hold of the dwarf's purple beard, for his head had already vanished. Ha ha! She exploded and popped off roared a voice from the place where the elf's head had been. I told her not to eat those jumping beans, and after that I buried her hammer in the garden of Carateria, and there it stayed till Handy plowed it up. Goodbye to all! And the body of the hammer elf melted into nothing and was gone. My eye! What a clever fellow! chuckled Handy. So now, Watts and Ruggedo are a couple of cactuses. <laughs> Unpleasant to the last. Do you suppose anyone can ever disenchant them? For goatness sake, be careful, begged Handy, as Jellia, in answer to her mistress's ring, came to carry the plants to the conservatory. Whatever you do, don't drop them. And to think that the wizard is potted himself. <laughs> well, I'll never have a hand in breaking his enchantment. I never thought anyone would ever break Ruggedo's enchantment, confessed Ozma. When I changed him to a jug, I commanded him to keep that shape till he was broken by the seventh hand of a traveling Mernite. And at that time, I did not even know there was such a place as Mount Mern, or a clever goat girl like Handy. But aren't you glad there was shouted the little wizard of oz tossing up his hat and catching it on his nose aren't we all glad to know handy mandy Knox, and this jolly young king long live the royal ox and the little king of carateria cried the cheering ozites long live handy mandy the seven-armed wonder of the world and oz and of course they will live long Everyone lives long in Oz. But even if Handy lives to be a hundred, she will never forget the grand banquet given that evening in her honor. Beside the famous people she already knew, the goat girl was presented to all the other celebrities in Ozma's court. And, shaking hands with them heartily and seven at a time, she had never been so flattered and fussed over in her life. Knox and Kerry came in for their share of honors, too. There was nothing the Ozians would not have done for their three new friends and rescuers. Ozma, overwhelmed by Handy's generosity in giving her the silver hammer, and already indebted to her for saving the kingdom, racked her brains for some wonderful gift to reward the brave mountain lass. 
but it was Knox who solved the difficulty by confiding to Ozma that Handy desired more than anything else a set of gloves for her hands. It seemed she had never had enough gloves for more than two at a time. So, smiling secretly to herself, Ozma gave the goat girl seven sets of fine kid gloves and an emerald necklace that wound three times round her sturdy neck. With the necklace, a complete new outfit, and her forty-nine gloves, Handy Mandy felt herself quite ready for high life and royal society. "'Though you really should wear a boxing-glove on that iron hand,' whispered the Scarecrow, as Handy blushingly resumed her seat after Ozma's speech of presentation. "'Stay in the Emerald City, and we will make you a general in the army,' promised the straw man earnestly. But Handy shook her head with tears of merriment in her eyes. Though she never quite forgave Scraps for pushing her over, she and the Scarecrow were already as friendly and easy as an old pair of shoes. "'Handy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday,' the straw man had nicknamed her, because she had a hand for every day in the week. Knox had insisted on himself being invited to the banquet and the clever elf added much to the pleasure and hilarity of that memorable occasion. Indeed, many times afterward when she felt bored or lonely, Ozma would summon himself just to amuse and cheer her up. The silver hammer was stored away with the other important magic treasures, and is regarded by many as the most powerful magic in the castle. Handy Mandy kept the blue flower to help her on future journeys, and after she and her two friends had spent a happy week in the Emerald City, Ozma reluctantly wished Kerry and Knox to Keretaria and the Goat Girl back to Mount Mern. Here, for a month, Handy Mandy astonished the villagers with the story of her travels. Then, gathering up her goats, she took herself and them back by a fast wishing pill the wizard had given her to the kingdom of Keretaria. As the goat girl's hands retained all their strength and willingness, and Knox's horns all their magic, even to giving wise and useful messages, these two, and little Carrie, ruled the kingdom between them with such skill and cleverness, everyone was enormously happy and prosperous. End of chapter 21 End of Handy Mandy and Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson this book recorded by Phil Chenevere in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, January 2018. Hope you enjoyed it. I sure did.